Just like that, the second hour is here. Hot Mike with Hutton Withrow across the Outkick Network. The Monday edition, recapping all the top headlines, discussing what's to come this week, and uh, solid opinions throughout from great guests. Our thanks to Bobby Carpenter and Tom Curran for joining us. Fascinating with Curran's inside knowledge on the dynamic between Kraft and Belichick. That's that's legit. It's still hard to believe that, yeah, it's, uh, it's the seat's starting to get hot for the GOAT, the future Hall of Famer, Bill Belichick in Foxborough. If you missed anything from the first hour, you can always go on YouTube, search out OutKick. We'll help you subscribe to the channel. You can catch things on demand. And we're live each and every day, streaming live there. Chad's in the chat live. I am. From 3 to 6 Eastern. It's impossible to argue with anything that Curran said also. Belichick has not been good. Yeah. Since Brady's not been there. And I just, I, I... I'm I'm not going to say that he's an average coach or anything like that, but it was their partnership that was elite. I don't know that it's Bill Belichick that's always elite. His partnership with Tom Brady was elite. We know now Brady is elite. He went on and won a Super Bowl somewhere else. And I was fascinated with Curran's answer when I asked him, would he be on the hot seat if Brady went to Tampa and sucked for a year or two and then had to retire? And he said, probably not. The fact that Brady went there and won at the highest level is a big mark against Belichick because yeah. he thought he was done. And, I mean, it, it's the 2019 year, though, Chad, it did look like he was done. Yeah. And you can understand Kraft and Belichick trying to move on and move on to the next era uh, whenever he's completing barely over 60% of his passes that season. You know, he's not throwing to many receivers that are you know worth anything that year. But still, it's Brady. And the way that things were going, it was not trending in the right direction. Then he goes to Tampa. COVID happens. They crush it. They have that practice in that private park. Yep. And the rest is history. During COVID. Where the news media were circling in copter, you know, helicopters trying to get a shot of the uh, the illegal practice. Brady was They're never gathering. Gonna, They're gathering everyone. Brady was never going to let a little pandemic get in the way of him no. getting prepped for that season. So he was, he was ready to go. NFL running backs gathered on Zoom. I've got thoughts on that in a moment. But first, uh, Chad, many tuned in to watch the United States women's national team in the World Cup. Uh, and uh, the numbers reflect a, a larger audience than I expected for a match that I didn't know was happening until day of against Vietnam with the, the promotion leading into the Women's World Based Cup. Based on some people in the YouTube chat, you know, maybe some of you turned in to hate watch the U.S. as you rooted for Vietnam uh, of all countries first to, beat, appearance. to beat the U.S. women's national team on Friday night. But whatever the reason was, you tuned in. <laughs> Over 11 million people, right around 11 million people. This is a tweet from Michael Mulvihill, who works with Fox. 11 million Americans watched all or part of the U.S.-Vietnam Women's World Cup match. This tweet was sent out Saturday afternoon. But by Saturday afternoon, this may have changed over the course of the weekend with the amount of money these two movies made. That was more people than watched Barbie and Oppenheimer combined in theaters. It was at 9.9 million at that point. More people watch U.S. Women's National Team. And Michael points out, and he's right, the reach of TV is still tough to beat. So that that's part of it. Um, and I also just think the whole, you know, we're, we're going to talk more about this, but when I, when I watch the, the National Anthem where everyone stood, all right, we're pointing out now who sang, who didn't, who had the hand in the chest, all that, which is just really nitpicky to yeah, me. It's like who's singing in a congregation at church. But I see like Julie Ertz, wife of Zach right. Ertz. Yeah. 
And I'm thinking every single person that is saying they would root against America because, you know, they, they don't like America and they don't like you and they hate us. And Megan Rapinoe hates us. Fine. I don't like Megan Rapinoe either. If you want to root for Megan Rapinoe to not have a big impact on the matches, fine with that. But to root against America and to root against Julie Ertz when I'm watching her during the national anthem and how much it means is so counterintuitive to everything. The same people bitching and complaining and saying this would have said in 2016 to any Hollywood wokester or anyone else who said, I am going to leave the country because Donald Trump got elected president. I hate this country now for that reason. You would have called them a moron to root outwardly against a United States president and want to leave the country and badmouth the country. You're now doing pretty much the same thing. I hate this person's opinion, so I'm out on rooting for America. I'm out on rooting for this team. It's ridiculous. And I'm thrilled to see that over 11 million people tuned in for the match. I'll also admit, I was not one of them. I did not see a no, second of this match on a Friday night. But I, hope they, I was enjoying myself, not watching Barbie or Oppenheimer, but watching Mission Impossible I, I hope a week they, after it I came hope out. They three peak. Yes. I hope they, they I hope they representing the country that I'm proud to live in. I hope we beat their ass yes. in the World Cup. I would say that about a water polo team, uh, cricket, whatever sport the United States is playing on the international stage. I'm very consistent in this approach. I will be rooting for the United States of America as an American over all of those other countries every single time, yeah. especially against Vietnam. Well, and here's why uh, I have – I mean, it's just dumbfounding that you would root against the United States. Uh, this is where you can have so many different opinions on so many things. And while, you know, there are consequences for freedom of speech in many ways, you, you can say anything you want. It doesn't mean you're free of consequences of that. Um, if you're wearing the red, white, and blue, I'm rooting for you in, in world competition against other countries, period. I will root for the United States of America. People today are so afraid of what other people think uh, that, that we will do or what people want to do and how they'll be judged if they do it this way or that way. And, and that includes within your own party, uh, within your own fan base now, your own line of work, um, uh, with your friends. And I, I'm not going to let the banter and, and bitching get in the way of caring about sports because that is the uniting aspect of both sides. Not the... the there, there is so much that goes on that divides. And, you know, I ask myself, why is that? Well, the people that are complaining uh, and in trying to, you know, do a head count on, you know, who's, you know, singing and belting out the, the, United, the, the national anthem versus not, I don't know if we, if that's, do we care about what unites us, which is this competition, which is the World Cup, which is the Olympics? Uh, instead, it's about division. And why is it about division, Chad? It's because division creates attention. Even when those that are saying they're not going to pay attention to the World Cup, they're not rooting for their... They're the ones paying attention and actually keeping count of everything. I, I just... It, I think it's dumb. So dumb. I think it's very dumb. And I'm not going to let those people, anyone, get in the way of how I feel about rooting for the United States or how I am as a sports fan, which is I don't care who I'm sitting next to or at, uh, bellied up at the bar enjoying a game, a match, whether that's 
the United States, whether that's the, you know, a Titans game, an NFL game, a college, whatever. Um, and I'm not going to let some, you know, article or some public commentary, uh, because it's on one side or the other, you know, let me, I'm going to choose for myself. There's not enough people thinking for themselves in this. Instead, there are a lot of parrots based on whatever, you know, party affiliation deems it okay. Instead of just independently thinking for yourself and having uh, a voice and, an, a, and, and a reaction to it on your own, instead of worrying about what other people think in the moment and what will get everyone riled up. And, and that's what this is. Do I agree with what the, they stand for and what they're doing? No. But when I say they, it's, it's not everyone on Team USA. And while I don't agree, they are representing the United States of America. Period. And so I hope they do win. But it doesn't mean I have to tune in and listen and bow to everything they do when they grandstand at the ESPYs. I, I doesn't mean I have to do that. Also doesn't mean I want them losing to Vietnam. Of course. Of course. Well said. And after what I said on Friday, I heard from multiple servicemen and women about it. And they just said one word. Amen. People that fought for this country. Why? So well, at some point, we could be united. And they, most of them said, I don't agree with almost anything Megan Rapinoe says. Right. But to root against the United States because you disagree with someone politically on their opinion is so counterintuitive to what we should be doing. And here's the other thing about Megan Rapinoe. She said half the things she does about any other country she was in. She would be jailed for doing what she does. That well, is the beauty of the United States of America. Let's never become... And thank God she's here. Yes, let's never become this country that all, we hate people on the other side so much that we are putting people in prison on opposite political parties, that someone comes to power and the other one goes to jail because of it. Let's not become that, ever. And if you hate what Megan Rapino says, the way you combat that is to say, I disagree with you. I don't like your stance on a lot of this, but I'm an American and you are representing the United States and I'm going to root for America, international competition. It's very easy to not counter stupidity with stupidity, but yet we've come to a place where it's this spin cycle required now. of moronic behavior because everyone's response is, I'm going to respond to you being an idiot by being an idiot the same way. Hey, I want Jason Aldean canceled. Because I don't like a song that he wrote and he performs. I think it's wrong to cancel people and silence them. But I also don't think you should buy Bud Light because I don't right. like their marketing decisions. So let's boycott Bud Light also on the other side of it. It's all dumb. It's all played for clicks. It's all exactly paid to right. take your money in some way. Don't buy it. Just don't. It's all built to stir up emotion. Yes. I, I, I can't stand it. Let's let the emotion of the what? sport get to us. By the way, Allie in the YouTube chat says, Julie Ertz stepped away from soccer for two years, had a baby, and is now back killing it. That's badass. One of the many mothers on the team. When you are rooting against Megan Rapinoe and saying, I want the U.S. to lose, you're rooting against the mothers on the team. You're rooting against Julie Ertz. That is ridiculous. Because Megan Rapinoe is their teammate? Give me a break. Well, I mean, and also, Chad, like, I want the best at what they do playing for our country on the national stage. It's hard to argue based on the dominance that if, we, if we're just choosing the best, we're watching the best at what they do on the pitch 
compete on the behalf of the United States of America. That's that's how I view this. Yeah, I like good. Yeah, and it, they're good. It doesn't mean I'm. They're tuning, very good on the world stage. And, and, and more power to you if you want to head count and see who's singing and who's not. But I mean, I'm also not going to tune in the ESPYS uh, because that sucks. And you know, that's where I'll hear the speech that I have no interest in. Uh, meanwhile, I can see the United States win and and compete in a in an event that's massively tuned in for, especially on the men's side on the World Cup. How much did we prop up and, and discuss the World Cup on Fox all the time? Yeah, it's a great event. And now we get to see if, if this continues. They have, what, Netherlands, I think, coming up later this week. Yep. That'll be Wednesday night. Um, yeah, it, we'll see the numbers there, too. And I'm sure we'll find out who was you know singing along to page 34 in their hymnal <laughs> uh, and whose eyes were closed for the team prayer. Yeah, who had their hand properly on their heart. Yeah. Chad, uh... I don't think the I, turn I your hymnals. That, we should start yeah. a segment on the show. Turn, yeah. turn, your, turn hymnals your hymnals to page. Please mark page number four hundred thirty-seven. That will be our um, offering hymn later. Mm-hmm. Um, I and don't over think all your money. I don't think the players that helped that were in this Zoom meeting, uh, the running backs, or really anyone but the quarterbacks for that matter. And by the way, Lamar Jackson was kind of laughed at for doing something on behalf of himself and the players trying to get the same type of contract that Watson did. Meanwhile, I didn't hear much from Barkley and Josh Jacobs in that regard when this was going on, which would have helped everyone. It's got to start with the quarterbacks, though. I don't think the players disagree with that. But there is a, okay, for the first time, we're seeing a lot of the top names at the running back position in the NFL be vocal about where the position is headed and backing Saquon and Josh Jacobs, Tony Pollard, Austin Eckler, who's 15th or 16th highest paid and for back-to-back years has dominated the end zone and leads the position in touchdown score. 100 catches out of the backfield, by the way, too. I think they know they don't have much ground to stand on, and they know they can't hold out because if they do, again, that's proven the NFL's point. Uh, it won't be the replacement players uh, from the street. It'll be a, a another younger version or two or three to replace one player that is a very specialized position now instead of a three-down back. Even Derrick Henry is off the field a lot of times on third down now. Only a handful of teams are paying running backs. And I don't think they're ignorant to that idea. But this goes back to the negotiation table where you're thinking, all right, we're going to get ours because... Prior to 2011, the rookies coming in got theirs. They held out. They got tons of signing bonus money, $20 million to sign and show up after a holdout. They can't do that now. That's all slotted. And now you've got the players complaining about the rookie contracts and the structure, and it was the vets then that put that into play so the rookies didn't come in and get paid if they didn't earn it. But they're in a position now where if they earn it, it's so it's, it's not a depleted spot. It's not the quarterback position where it's tough to find 32 elite quarterbacks or 32 elite kickers or left tackles. Running back's different because there's so many players playing that spot in the college game now is, has made its way. The style of play is now fully on display in the NFL. And Chad, that goes back to really high school from 15 years ago where the best athlete in the hall 
was playing running back or quarterback, and that's what we're seeing now in the NFL. And there's a number of players that can do it and do it well. Well, and the other problem is sometimes fair or not, it's the law of diminishing return at the running back position because of the beating they take. Right. Because of how much carries can equate to injury issues. So once you earn it and you feel like you're going to get the big contract, that's when teams think, well, now is when you're about to get hurt. So now is when we're going to cut bait and run. Saquon Barkley, and again, Austin Eckler's putting this together. I like the initiative. Barkley and Jacobs need to take the 10 million guaranteed. They need to do that. Don't give up on the 10 mil because that position passes you by fast. Just ask Le'Veon Bell. Charlie Arnold next on Outkick. Sixth and Peabody, our location with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Glad you're with us. Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow across the Outkick Network. A very special guest joins very us special. each and every Very, Monday. very special. Charlie Arnold joins us, Outkick host. You can follow her on social, Charlie on TV. You can follow her with USC coverage as well, which was in London this past weekend. Charlie, how are you? I'm jet lagged. How are you? <laughs> I, so I, I saw you were there and I'm, I'm thinking the last time I was in London... I, I was so much more jet lagged than any other European trip. I mean, it was it was awful, and I'm curious how yeah. you handle it and get back to work immediately. Honestly, I don't think I'm handling it. So <laughs> I, just, I just get back to work, and I don't know. I just drink a lot of caffeine and pray that I can string along coherent sentences, and that's it. There's no getting over it. I'm exhausted so um how fast of a trip is it for you like when do you leave when you get back for a ufc london event well this this actually i coupled along with a personal vacation just because i'm like i'm already in europe so Brilliant. i was on i was on a little birthday trip um in ibiza which was beautiful and a lot of time just spent sitting in the sun uh doing absolutely nothing which is all i wanted to do and then from there went to london and it was just pretty much non-stop work you know got to go to dinner and stuff at night but other than that yeah just a lot of work but it was such a great show um i don't know if you got a chance to check out the um broadcast but the co-main and main event were yeah, a little bit of it. yeah it was good it was great so yeah it was it was a fun show and like the london crowd as ufc is accustomed to is wild we um so smart of you, Charlie. By the way, first off, not smart to do this. You should have just canceled being so jet lagged coming back to the country. But we appreciate you doing it. <laughs> but uh, going to Europe and like settling in a little bit first, and then doing that 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 avoids a lot of problems. Hutton and I went to London uh, for a Titans game when they played at Wembley, and yeah. the turnaround was so quick. That's what I remember being. And I don't know if you've ever had a trip like this for work or anything else, but. We flew in on like a Thursday night, Friday morning, and then there was a Sunday game, and I think I flew back Sunday night. Mm. So you're there for like two days, two or three days. So by the time you adjust, you're right back on a plane coming back to the States. That's not the way to go. No, I mean, if it were up to me, guys, you know, <laughs> we all have the same boss, so I don't know how it would fare, but I wouldn't have come back, you know. I probably just would have <laughs> stayed over there. Uh, it was so amazing. I mean, you guys have been to Europe. The food's better. The There's just like an energy that Europe has that the U.S. just unfortunately does not. Um, so I would have loved to have stayed over there. But, you know, got to make some money and I'm back. 
Charlie Arnott with this very special guest, uh, Outkick host, and uh, again, follow her on social, Charlie on TV. So, uh, judges ruling this week. Chad and I are bringing some to the table here. I'm at a charity yeah. event, a big one last night, and you know, I, I jotted this down because I I don't know where I fall on this. There there are a number. This is a uh, I don't know how much a table is to get in, but let's just say five to ten grand. Okay. Okay. Um, and then the live auction happens and no one's driving up the price at all. What's the judge's ruling, Charlie, on if you're attending, you're spending that type, you're bringing guests to the table. Are those at the table that are the upper, of the upper shelf that are there, do they need to raise the paddle and drive up the price, or, or don't they? I mean, listen, it's, you know, you're already, you're already shelling out X amount of dollars to even be there. I mean, I would say that's more than what about what about the people part. that didn't pay to be there though they're the guests they're the invitees um, um no i mean listen it's if you are the person heading up the table and it is up to you to bring guests mm -hmm. i like i for example know which of my friends are big spenders and which are a little more frugal so if i'm going to expect them to raise their paddles and bid on the expensive items. Yep. I know which friends to invite. Okay. So, it, you know, if you make the poor decision to just invite, like, <laughs> you know, choose whether they're yeah. just your good friends over they're the ones they're that spend there money. They're the open bar. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I don't think anyone should have any obligation to spend. And here's the other thing is there's some items that just aren't worth spending that much money on. Right. Like some items actually, when you break down the cost versus, you know, like we getting it from here versus getting it on your own, some of them make a lot of sense, even though they're expensive. You're like, okay, I get a villa on the coast for 12 people, transportation and all meals included. Okay. It's X amount of dollars, but it's still worth it. Especially because then on the back end, you probably invite your friends and make, Hey, you all have to pay me back to go on this trip. <laughs> so, well, I don't want to, I don't want to name who was up there trying to sell and, and help drive up the price, but let's just say there was a, uh, a Les Paul signed by uh, a, a, a good number of Heisman trophy winners. And we had uh -huh. Heisman trophy winners driving up the price, but I was just shocked that it didn't go for you what felt I bad for the Heisman Trophy winners there. That they had to, to sit there while no one yeah. bid on the guitar that yeah. had their name on it. Absolutely. Here's a question I'd have for you, Charlie, because yeah. I think we, I know you definitely have. We've all probably hosted uh, a charity event before, and you're there as the host. Do you feel like you've done your duty just as being the host when you're there, or do you feel also the need oh. to make a pledge <laughs> in front of everyone and or bid on a silent auction item? or something else there. I'll be the first to raise my hand and I'll say, I'm a little bit cheap. So I feel like me just showing up and helping out at MC presence is, is enough. Like I, but I, I do, I get the uncomfortable feeling Hutton's talking about when there's an item no one's bidding on <laughs> and you're up there trying to, you know, work the mic when it's happening, but I also don't want to be the one that bids on it. Where do you fall on this? Well, yeah, I actually host every year the make a wish gala. And uh, that is, you know, and, and I guess a really good example of they have silent auction, they have the live auction, but no, if I'm there, first of all, I don't get paid to host. I, you know, give my time uh, because it's important to me to give back. Uh, but no, I don't feel any extra obligation. If there's something on the silent auction table that I really like, um, I will make a bid, but that's my personal choice, but I don't feel an obligation, nor do the organizers of the event ever expect me to give any additional money. I'm actually, I try to get up there when I'm doing like hosting the live auction. I like try to like, come on guys, like, yeah. let's go. This, 
you're not going to find this anywhere else. This is such a cool opportunity. This is such a cool item. So I try to like encourage people, but um, no, no personal obligation. Not from me. You should just shame them. Like, sir, I know you're rich right here. Look yeah. at that suit you're wearing. Like, I see your, I see your watch. Yeah, you let's better, make you it happen. raise your paddle. Let's go. So, okay, another judge's ruling on this. I think we all, the judge's ruling on that one is hey, don't do something you don't feel like you can do, right? If you don't want to do it, don't do it, unless you really want to in, in the bid. If you're at a Starbucks or a coffee shop, do you feel bad with that sound it makes if you just put your change in for the tip and don't put any cash in? Oh, in the jug, and the jar? Or do you have like an automatic, you know, they turn <laughs> that tip thing towards you and they're going to ask you, hey, here's your, your card information. And I think the first one they have at Starbucks is 20% is the one they suggest. Or oh, do you God. actually go through the process, Charlie, of lowering the tip to either a specific <laughs> amount or 10 or 15%? What, what, what's your go-to on this? Okay, well, at Starbucks, uh, generally, I'm either leaving $1 or I'm leaving no tip because it's Starbucks. I will generally be more generous uh if i'm at like a mom and pop coffee shop or like a, a local type place but starbucks i'm sorry like i don't i don't need to tip you to be a part of like this you know they're they're getting paid well enough to work there it's not like they're just reliant totally on tips um and i also think tipping culture is insane now like if i ask you for a cup of coffee and you literally go fill it and then give it to me and i'm already paying you six dollars for it like i'm sorry i just it has nothing to do with being cheap. I just don't think I need to tip on everything. I ask for something, you give it to me. You aren't preparing it. If, if it's some specialty drink, I'd be more generous, but I just usually do plain cups of coffee. Uh, so yeah, I'm, I'm not about like this 25% tipping life on a cup of coffee that you solely just hand to me. Or like even at Starbucks, it's crazy because now even if you grab a granola bar and then they check you out, they try to ask for a tip. I'm like, hold on a second. Did you make this granola bar? Was this... You're doing? You warmed up these egg no, whites? So. You warmed these up for me. Thank you. You beat these exactly. eggs so, yeah. before you Tipping put them in? culture to me is just like ridiculous. So yeah, I will go through the process. I just think it's awkward because a lot of times they'll watch you and I'm like, all right, if you want to make this awkward, we can. Or, or you, you can just like, go grab my coffee as I'm doing this. Yeah. And then we can all or the line's 20 deep and everyone's watching That is you. so rough when they're like looking over your shoulder like you're taking a test and they're trying to me. get answers. And they're trying to see yeah. how much you left. That's a very awkward exchange. Uh, if, if they're taking the time to count out the change, and I, I'm just throwing it right back in the jar. Well, that's, that's the other one. thing is that this change, I don't use cash ever anymore. Like, I, I, so I can, rarely Can I tell you why I use cash? cash? I, I try to tip in reason. cash. I, and I'm, I'm not paranoid about oh. everything. I, I, I'm generally, I, I'm, I generally want to trust the system, okay? You don't think they're getting it. We've I talked don't, about like, this before. They print off those receipts at the oh. end of the shift. How do they know? if they're getting 100% of the tips. I, I don't buy that uh, mm -hmm. with all the digital BS with that. So I don't know necessarily who I'm tipping, so I'm not going to tip on the card. I try to always tip in cash. I don't That's always, a good idea. I don't have ki uh, cash on me um, all the time, but when I do, I try. And if not, yes. then I will leave something, but man, I, I, I don't buy it. Do you I, tip at Starbucks? Everywhere. Yeah, I'm with I, you, I though. Think, I, I do. I, I do tip I, at Starbucks. I'm with, I'll give I'm a with dollar, Charlie, so. though. Like, why? Like, why are we tipping at that there's much at Starbucks? Like, I just a hate lot that now is well, getting out of hand. Like, I, I, you know I hate I mean? the 20 percent implication. Right. The fact that it's 20, the first place you go is 20 percent on a drink that's already six or seven dollars. 
if I'm getting something that's not just black coffee. Well, the fact, though, that we're willing to go lot. and spend that on coffee tells... I know, but I'm already I'm spending for the product. Do I need to spend 20% on, on top of that? See, I'm hoping... But the fact that's the first option to me is crazy. I try to tip... That way, they'll... I want, like, an extra shot of espresso thrown in on the on the red-eye coffee. They're not going to do that, though. Unless yeah, you really know that. the person They're like, there. no, sorry. Thank you if, for your $5 tip. You're I getting leave, the same drink I, as the person who tipped If I nothing. leave jittery, they've done a, the, the tip worked. The yeah, dollar I, tip I worked. Think, I think, Charlie, what you said about the mom pop store... You'll get yeah. some extra special treatment that way if they know you're coming in regularly. If it's I don't close even need to where extra you special are. treatment. I just I just appreciate like you trying to grow your business. Like Starbucks doesn't need my tips. Um, and I I there's that. But I also when I'm sitting down at a table and getting served 20%, I don't even think yeah. about it. I mean, unless Same. you are egregiously horrible, I am tipping 20%. I don't do 15, I don't do 18, I do 20. So and I tip on tax. So I feel like I'm you know, doing my part here to help the service industry. <laughs> I'm with you on that. Are you um, Barbie or Oppenheimer based off this weekend in the box office? What are you going to see first? Um, I would see Oppenheimer first. I I don't know. this. The idea of Barbie, I, I was never a huge Barbie fan even growing up. Uh, like I had, I actually had the Barbie dream house, you know, not to brag or anything, but um, I just, I don't know. I was never a huge Barbie person. So the idea of Barbie doesn't excite me all that much. And I love history. So I'm more inclined to go see Oppenheimer regardless of, you know, all of the uh, debates that have swirled around since the release of both. But um, I don't know, maybe I'll, maybe I'll end up seeing both just so I can know what everyone's talking about since the conversation has gotten so heavy, uh, you know, one movie versus the other. Well, so what is, are they calling it like Oppen, Opp, Bar, Barbenheimer or something? something like that. Yeah. You, so you live in a blue yeah. state in New York. So this tracks that you would go to Oppenheimer. Barstool Sports put this out, and this is a graph we're going to show you. And it's amazing how if you look at blue versus red. (laughs) This is crazy. This is Barbie versus Oppenheimer. And for the most part, not completely, but for the most part, the redder the state politically went to see Barbie, and the bluer the state went to see Oppenheimer, uh, the, the historical movie. So... Uh, that may surprise some people, may not. I just look at Mississippi and think, man, there's a lot of damn Barbie fans down in Mississippi because that's by far the or, reddest I mean, of the states for Mississippi. If I for ever watch this, though, I'm watching for Margot Robbie, and that's it. Yeah, maybe people just love Margot Honestly, Robbie. same. Honestly, same. That's like, I like Margot Robbie a lot. Um, like, I loved her so much in Wolf of Wall Street. That was, like, one of my favorite uh, things that she starred in. Um, so I have nothing against the Barbie movie, but I also feel like, you know, I feel like the women down south are more like prissy, right? Like they've all like there's like the whole pageant. Oh, you were like, the envy uh, if you had the what, what did you say? You had the Barbie what the the house the dream house the dream, dream house. house. Can you yeah, imagine? I just feel like Barbie like Southern women to me are like you know you always see them like super like put together when they're out. Yes. Um, whereas I walk around in sweatpants and like an old ratty T-shirt, and I'm like, this is what you're getting today. <laughs> I'm with you on the history. I can't wait to see. Yeah, a lot of girls playing dress up. A lot of women playing dress up over the weekend uh, here down south. I, I can vouch for that. When uh, you look at the movie theaters. Up against it on time. Imagine just writing the script for the Barbie movie. How do you do that? That would Apparently suck. they did a good job uh, from reviews, but I've seen the trailer, and it's one of the worst trailers I've ever seen for any movie. I, I have no idea what the appeal is of the movie. You're looking having at seen the, the, the trailer, appeal, uh, Margot Robbie. There, well, not for the women. It's all a bunch of women oh, going to see but, it. Uh, Charlie just said that's why she would go see it. Yeah. It's for Margot Robbie. Charlie, always yeah. great. 
Uh, we, we look forward to uh, this chat every week with our very special guest. Go get Charlie some rest. Arnold. Yeah, go. Uh, yeah, rest up. I plan on it. Catch up next All right, week. Guys. Thank you, Charlie. Thank you. See Charlie ya. Arnold there. Uh, again, follow her on, uh, on social at Charlie on TV. Chat, uh, you went and saw Mission Impossible. You said I did. You thoroughly enjoyed it. Nine and a half out of ten. Um, I, I, I don't even. I, have you heard? Is the Oppenheimer? Is the film like factually accurate? Is it exaggerate? I don't know. I I'm want sure it. it's a little bit exaggerated, but I've heard nothing but good things about it. Yeah, but my, I, I'm going to. My perception of the whole thing is going to be based on what that portrays. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. I don't think they took any huge. I haven't read about any big inaccuracies in it. I don't know if there's anyone that's seen it that knew who the hell he was at this point. Weird news from the weekend. Davey Hudson joins us next on Hot Mike. Across the Outkick Network, Hot Mike with Hutton and Withrow rolls on. You can find us at 6th and Peabody with Yeehaw Beer and Old Smoky Moonshine. Coming up in about 40 minutes, Shannon Terry and Grant Furkin. They get it done for on three, all things name, image, likeness, transfer portal, and more. What's real, what's not, based on what we heard from Commissioner Greg Sankey, from Lane Kiffin, and the podium time they had and the time spent on the direction of where players are taking this for name, image, likeness. And what's not being discussed? What's not being brought up on purpose? We'll get those answers coming up in hour number three. Right now, though, it's time for the strangest headlines of the weekend, let's get weird with A.B. Hudson. And five, four, three, two, one, zero, talking now. Hey, guys. Davey back in off. studio with us uh, yeah. from SEC Media Days. I had fun over there. Uh, you guys talking about the Barbie Oppenheimer was asking the, saw both? a lot of the players. I've actually not. I've, uh, double feature. I've, I, I am scheduling an appointment to go watch the Oppenheimer on the 70 millimeter at, uh, what is it, the Grand Ole Opry Mills? Oh, on the um, uh, IMAX? theater, it's yeah. Opry Mills. Opry yeah. Mills, yeah, that's good. So you'll 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 enjoy that. Yeah, there's only I, I think somebody said there's like 19 of those locations in the country where they have the 70 millimeter. I don't know, but I did the 4DX Mission Impossible deal this week. And Chad I went if, to space and watched. It. I don't know if you guys have done this, but that's where the seat moves. Zero gravity. Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> when when Tom Cruise jumps off the cliff in Iceland. In the stunt, like they make you feel like you're almost suspending upward in the air. I've do and that. when there's a gunfight, a uh, burst of air go past your ears and head on each side, and you get hit by water in the theater during the uh, the experience. It's a full immersive experience. Let's watch that for Barbie. Let's do I it would for- recommend it one time and one time only. I think the no. next time I'd just rather see it in a the theater where I'm not being doused with water. You'll, you'll I, love it though, Dave. Yeah. No, I'm looking forward to it. Chad, I have not seen the new Mission Impossible, but is the main villain of, I don't know, we'll say Russian descent? No. No? Wow. Okay, no, they switched he that is, up. Uh, I don't think there's a single Russian in the movie. Uh, the main villain is of Spanish descent. Okay. But Spaniard. The, it, it's amazing because these are international blockbusters, so they have someone from almost every country that's represented in the cast because uh. this movie will make over a billion dollars across the globe. So they make sure to have a very international cast in all these a, movies. It's not going to be at Avatar, even though no one that I know saw it. Yeah. Not a single Chinese person either. So Tom Cruise, you know, not not bending the knee. Yep. Not bending the knee to China. Well, guys, I, I bring up the, the Russia question because our first story, while it's sad and it's concerning, it's, it's at least something I wanted to bring to the table. But NHL player Alex Galinchuk, 
think that's how you say it. I don't really know. Probably not, but, but that works. He has uh, officially um, put himself into an assistance program. I don't know if you guys saw the story a couple weeks ago where he was arrested for drunk driving, but while he was arrested, he ended up threatening the cop, made a lot of uh, vulgar comments towards this officer, threatened his family, and also was saying that he had ties to Russia, which is just weird because he's an American-born player, and so the fact he would go on, go out on the limb, but the, the big story, obviously, he was cut by the Coyotes. He was previously playing for the Colorado Avalanche, and so... That was just kind of an update there. But the fact that you're while you're getting pulled over in Scottsdale, Arizona, you start threatening the cops, cops life and also saying that you have ties to a, a country that, as, as we all know, you know, yes. just bringing that up is going to raise some concern. I feel like every celebrity that's gotten a DUI has gotten at least one in Scottsdale, Arizona. Charles Barkley got one there at one point. I feel like almost every I think half the people that are celebrities especially in sports that are arrested for drunk driving, at least 50% are arrested in Scottsdale. This is also Bob taking the, he was there. yeah, <laughs> he was actually driving to Scottsdale. He just went East on accident yeah. and ended up in Pittsburgh. Um, this is the, the, another take on the, do you know who I am approach, right? When the cop pulls you over to say, you don't know who I am. I have ties to the Russian mob or to Russia. That's taking it to an extreme. Not a smart move by this guy. He has Belarusian, uh, family members. Yes. He's of Belarusian descent, but was born in Milwaukee. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure he does have ties. Do you think this is just, uh, let's deep dive on this for a moment. Do you think he's doing that because he's trying to, uh, it, I mean, he's drunk, so he's making excuses, right? Uh, and, well, he's and, trying to get him to and, let and him be go. stupid, yeah. Um, but do you think he's, he's also played this in his own mind to be, I don't know, uh, with those that were born in Russia, born uh, with and have the same lineage that he's trying to fit in there in the locker room? It's like imposter syndrome, where he shows yeah. up and he feels lesser than because Again, he's I not an actual Russian? No clue, but I'm, I'm curious why you even bring that up. Well, you're threatening him. You're saying, I have ties to people who can kill you and your family, so you need to let me go. Well, and, and that, that, that's where well, that's where he's going But with he it. very well may have ties, for all we know. Yeah, and he very well may have killed that cop and his family. For all we know. Yeah. But now we won't know because he's in assistance program. It's a big leap, though, to go from, don't you know who I am? I don't think you would. I think most people, uh, I don't have a ton of experience when it comes to hitmen and those who kill people for fun. But yeah. I would say that most of those Russian mob-oriented people that would kill you and your family probably aren't telling you that drunk in a traffic stop in Scottsdale, Arizona. They're probably keeping that part quiet. And not just flaunting that right off the bat. That would be my guess. Also, and Davey, I wonder if he played in the KHL. If he I, again, don't know. Uh, yeah, but if I he don't, did, then I that's that's no, he's an American. He's a straight up American. No, but he could be drafted the KHL as an American. He, he, he can get drafted in the KHL. I, I think based on lineage, yeah, based on hmm. uh, descent. I'll, I'll have to double check. I, I don't believe so, but I, I could be wrong on that. I, I did also add this story in because one, it's a good transition to our next one. But you know, as I always say, at least you can walk away with something. A lot of people know that Russia is the world's largest country, but did you know that all of Earth's land, uh, Russia compromises one-tenth of that? Really? Yeah. Did not know that. And it also spans across the country uh, 11 different time zones. That wow. I didn't know. I didn't know the exact number, but I know it was a lot of time zones. So, What's next, David? When, yeah, uh, Hutton, I think last Wednesday you talked about news 
organizations will sometimes do a tease that yeah. if it's so important, they, they got to do it now. to a very specific um, type of cancer. We'll yes. tell you that next. This yes. in your cabinet might here's, kill you. Here's my go at the next one. Uh, you might have heard of an emotional support dog, but have you heard of an emotional support stripper? More at nine. All right, and the reason I, I do that, tying this into uh, Ukraine, but we have a, an American um, who was from Houston that has moved to Ukraine. She threatened you. And she, you know, she moved back in November Pay initially, money, was volunteering for uh, orphanages and women's shelters, but now she's decided, you know what, I'm going to take my talents, and she's become a, quote, uh, emotional support stripper uh, in the country, uh, Fan P. Hong. I think is how you pronounce it. Again, I don't. I don't really double check these. Orphanage? She's she was volunteering for orphanages. Yeah, in uh, Ukraine. But she officially that was back in November, and then this past February she officially moved to Ukraine full time, and she wanted to have more of a impact and help with the military. So, uh, mm. one of the quotes she used was, "I'm the sexy girl in Ukraine who wants to volunteer," and we'll also probably put out. So. That's just uh, one of those things. She's she's out well, there trying to do her she part. She wants you to think she will. Well, I would just also ask the question: like, isn't every stripper in part there for emotional support? I mean, every stripper could say they're an emotional support stripper, or they may need it. I mean, many strippers are psychologists, right? I mean, they're there for you know lonely, sad guys. Well, you're saying they and have- they're there to hear their problems and hear them out at times. The, the regulars, I'm saying, that come into yeah. these places, they're there for emotional support. Yeah. Diamond, cinnamon. Well, yeah. all of them. Psychologists. Dr. Diamond. Yeah, I don't know what, uh, if she has a, a name she goes by in the Ukraine, but, you know, I mean, you could just do hey, that in Houston. Uh, but I guess, you know. there, there was an OnlyFans and Playboy model who retweeted and posted. Remember this charity event I did? Uh, and I got more donations, one $5, $10 donations off of that because all these guys thought that she was going to like pick someone to uh, join her at the, the gala at the end of the event. Smart. What's yeah. next, Davey? Thanks yeah, for your donation, so, Davey. Um, yeah, do what I can. Uh, our, our next story, I don't know if you guys <laughs> saw this. Uh, we have a little bit more information, but there was a U.S. soldier that illegally crossed into North Korea, and initially no one really knew why. Uh, we do have some more information, but the guy, uh, pra- uh, Private Travis King, who's 23 years old, U.S. Army, uh, this past week just decided, you know what, I'm going to go into uh, and defect into North Korea. I put it, kind of ran out of room on the uh, headline. So he, he to, knew he was doing it, though? Yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, but just to keep things shorter, ended up putting uh, DPKR. I think that's, did I get the abbreviation, Democratic People's Republic of Korea? DPRK. DPRK, yeah, I said that wrong. That good way to correct me on that one. Uh, but, yeah, he just decided to leave, and I thought this is really dumb because now that he's done this, he won't be able to go on the Creed cruise. <laughs> Was there a and reason you need, you that, he that. Was, he gave for trying to defect to North Korea? He's not really stated Most as to Most people why. go the other way. They're trying to get out of North Korea, not into North Korea. They're trying captured. to go to South Korea. Yeah, they, they captured him almost immediately. It's actually, I was kind of reading up on it, and apparently it's more of a hassle for North Korea whenever they get these people that defect this way because, one, it's still against the law to illegally enter, so they're going to have to try him for that. I think the U.N. command is currently in talks with North Korea as far as trying to but it's like it's one of those things do you even take the time to try to facilitate this guy's release if he's willingly go, willfully going over into yeah, this country well, I, I need to know if he's like, ment- like is he mentally ill I mean I, again like is he going over there because he wants to die because that's a, that's it's, effectively what he's doing it's a hassle to North Korea because it's one other person that they're not going to feed that's going to starve in their country so that's a big hassle for them yeah and I, also what I mean is he drunk is he of sound mind when he does it, was this like a bet? 
what what is the yeah. what is the mental state of someone who does well, that? Would be my first question. Yeah, the more that comes out, it just seems as though he was planning this for a while and just wanted to go to North Korea. And well, I don't know what his end game is, but obviously it's probably going to go a little different than he initially planned. Yeah. Well, again, man, I I hope he just didn't have a you know mind break. Yeah. And, and say, you know what, I I'm not going to do it myself. Hopefully they'll see me cross and it's over. Again, I, I hope that's yeah. not it. Because if so, like, I, he's mentally ill. I hope Has he, he been sent back or is he still there? No, he's still in. They've uh, got him. He's still been captured. And yeah. uh, that, that they'll hold him for a while. He, obviously, from past experience, this usually doesn't turn out well. But they'll, I'm just they'll thinking. They'll tell their entire country that he's the president, that they've captured the president of the U.S. Well, the, they will use and it they'll as, parade him around. as one of those things of, wow, look how great our country is. We even have American soldiers trying to escape yep. here. And so the propaganda and everything around that. There is a good documentary on Netflix. It's How to Become a Tyrant. And I think there's six episodes. And what the series does is it takes you through six different dictators or generations of dictators um, over the last, we'll say, 70 years uh, just across the world. And it kind of goes into how they managed to maintain power in certain ways. And the big thought process on how Korea did this was obviously after World War II and uh, the Kim Jong-un dynasty, which there's Kim Jong-il and Kim Jong-soon, I believe. They've pretty much just created this persona that they are a god and just not letting any propaganda get within the country or from outside influence. And they've just built this bubble and it's allowed them to stay in control. Obviously they're, no, they, they believe that he, he learned to drive at three years old. Yeah. Well, he's a cult leader. Uh, maybe he's this, David Koresh. Maybe this guy thought it was, uh, just the Korean. Like he was, uh, what's the guy's name? Skylark. Last name Skylark. Oh, that's a, that's a very underrated movie. Maybe he thought, you know, James Franco. I'm going to go Seth Rogen. Yeah. yeah I'm going to go find James uh, Franco. The interview. Yeah. Oh, yeah, the interview. Thank you. It's a good one. Davey, we have time for one more? Uh, yeah. Well, uh, oh, do just, we have one more? Uh, I got one more I can, I can get into. Uh, you know, just think about there's so many places you can break into, try to steal something fancy. Uh, to quote Jack White for our next story, we're going to Wichita. And there was a CBD shop, and a man decided to just break into this place, threw a rock, took the window out. But as he does this, the only thing he ends up taking from this CBD store is a half-used bottle of Febreze. <laughs> it's and, a, oh, and he took it out like the Kool-Aid man coming into the room. And so it's, you're creating all this hassle. <laughs> I mean, uh, early indications are this man was drunk. I think they're calling him uh, Tank Top Tommy. Drunk or high? He must have really smelled bad, too. He's uh, thinking, drunk. you know, I just really need this shirt to be a little bit more fresh. Maybe so I'm going to break into the store. Is that a Febreze bottle in there? I'm going to break this window down and go get this Febreze. That's how fresh I want to be. Incredible. <laughs> Davey, thank you so much for your contribution. Appreciate Davey you. Hudson. Weird news from Don't the, defect uh, to North weekend. Korea. That's the moral of today's Let's Get Weird. Don't do it. If you're thinking about it, don't. Yeah. It's not better over there. They will no. starve you. Yeah, the human rights are uh, a little bit different there. A little bit different. Megan Rapinoe would find that out if she ever played for the would. Democratic Republic of... Korea, People's Republic. Wish I would have loved Whatever to learn to drive at the age of three. Yeah, would have been a great skill. Brian Harmon is a name to get to know, not just because he won the British Open. We'll tell you why next.